0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Yale Admissions Office. I'm Hannah and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer.
1: And I'm Mark, I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer.
0: We are back after a bit of summer vacation and we want to do something especially timely.
1: Yeah, we are recording in mid-September which means that seniors in high school all around the world are uh, finalizing their college lists and they are starting to work on their applications.
0: Yeah, so we thought we would make something especially for them. Uh, And it's specifically about the kinds of questions and concerns that we frequently hear from seniors either right before or right after they apply.
1: Yes, and we've been answering these questions for an awful long time. And we have noticed that there's a sort of consistent thread where these are the types of questions where the person asking them typically thinks that they are in a super unique situation that yeah. nobody else has ever been in before. And it's often accompanied by a lot of anxiety and it's wrapped up in a sense of, well, I'm sure that everybody else has had this super simple straightforward application process, but. I have this weird issue and I'm probably doomed, right?
0: Right, right. But that is rarely the case. Uh, Hopefully it is some comfort to know that hundreds of people have similar situations every year Mm. and it's totally fine. These kinds of questions and the issues associated with them are very, very common.
1: Yeah, an an alternate title for this episode could have been something like surprisingly frequently asked questions. we, We actually get these a lot, but you might think if you're asking it that you're the first person who's ever asked it.
0: So we're going to try to answer a bunch of these questions and put your mind at ease a little bit about things that you might think are big issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But just know we aren't trying to tell you that you shouldn't ask questions of admissions officers. You should absolutely keep
1: doing that. Right. We want to be proactive in giving these answers because we know that a number of our listeners will probably have some flavor of this question over the next few months. But we are not trying to discourage you from reaching out to our office with your questions. Um, we, We like answering questions, whether they're specific or general. And you are always better off asking someone like us, an admissions officer, rather than throwing it out into the internet looking for sort of random advice there, or you know, worse off, paying someone uh, to give you an answer.
0: Right. We will give you the correct answer for free. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, mm-hmm. we cannot say this enough. So if you call our office uh, you know Monday through Friday during the workday, you can speak with an admissions officer on duty. Mm-hmm. And what that means is every day out of the month, one of us has the task of being available to answer phone calls.
1: As In a, in a minute here, we're going to give you some sample questions that have a lot of seemingly important specific details, but usually those specific details aren't a whole lot. Um, I will admit, as an admissions officer, it can get a little bit tiring to hear sort of different versions of a question that usually ends with, you know, will it hurt my application, mm. you know, X, Y, or Z. Right. Um, but we completely understand where you're coming from here. And that is one of the reasons we're doing this episode,
0: to answer mm-hmm. the kinds of questions that are more about providing reassurance. So you can hear kind of that,
1: those words of reassurance directly from us. And let's say one more time. We completely understand why students ask these questions and why they can provoke a lot of anxiety. The college application process, it can feel really stressful. The stakes can seem really high. Your individual application and your particular circumstances are really important to you and they're important to us too. From our vantage point, we, you know we have the luxury of seeing how a lot of things that might seem like a really big deal to an individual student though, aren't actually a big deal when we are reviewing applications. So, Our goal here isn't to make it seem like these are silly questions. Instead, we're trying to proactively provide some reassurances for a few things that might otherwise keep you up at night. Cool. All right, so we have compiled a list of questions that we answer a lot, even though the person asking them probably thinks they're the first person to ever ask (laughs) them. And these will all be questions that we typically get from high school seniors.
0: Yep. To help us out, uh, we're bringing back Podcast All-Star, Jill. Hi everybody. Hi, Jill. Welcome
1: back, Jill. (laughs) Thank you. I am uh, so happy that you're here. You are going to help us out today uh, by delivering in your best dramatic uh, interpretation Okay. (laughs) uh, the version of this question that seems like it's super specific and then we will try to give the sort of easy general answer uh, to the question and and you can help out with both with asking and answering.
2: Perfect. That sounds good. I have to put my high school acting hat on. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Excellent. All right, so we've got uh, a whole bunch of questions here.
2: Okay, first question. Quick question, guys. Uh, I'm a U.S. citizen, and I was born in Guam, Mm -hmm. but I've actually been living in Turkey for three years now. Do I apply as an international student? Also, Do I need to take an English proficiency exam? Okay, Uh, this is a type
0: of question that we get a lot, Mm -hmm. um, and there are many, many different specifics and variations. The simple answer is there is... No such thing as applying as an international student.
1: Yes. Think about that. Is your thing. mind blown? <laughs> I've answered this question <laughs> more than a thousand times, I'm sure, yeah. in my time here.
0: Everyone goes through the same application process, regardless of citizenship, mm-hmm. regardless of where you live. There's no special additional application or supplement depending on your citizenship or where you live. So, um, So no, Jill, you just apply. You yep. just apply. And it's as simple as that. In terms of the English proficiency exam, it's actually not required for anyone. It's Mm -hmm. recommended if um, the language of instruction in your current school is not English. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you've been at a school where you've been speaking English regularly for the past three years, then don't worry about taking one of those exams. Exactly. Awesome. Thanks,
2: guys. Sure. Question number two. Oh my God, you will not believe this. My AP (laughs) chemistry teacher just gave birth to quadruplets. And she's going on maternity leave for the next like decade. The district (laughs) couldn't find a substitute teacher and now my only option is to change to AP physics. But that means that I can't take my journalism class. And I'm the editor of the paper. And I think I want to be an engineer. And those quadruplets are like super cute, but it's not fair that they're gonna ruin my college dreams. (laughs) What do I do?
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. (laughs) First of all, don't take it out on the quadruplets. Uh, They sound very cute, but uh, they are not actually relevant to this question. So this is actually just a simple sort of schedule issue question. And we answer lots of schedule issue questions from particularly juniors, but also seniors as well. And when we want to say here, stuff happens. We get it. Um, things can change, and we know that for most people, the schedule that they're taking is probably not exactly what they wanted to, and that sometimes, a few weeks into the semester, a monkey wrench gets thrown into all of it. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is just make the decision that sort of makes the most sense for you in your circumstances. Like, how am I going to balance this, and what do I want want to do just do it at the local level maybe talk to a, a counselor or advisor at your high school once you make a decision just let us know about it yeah. um, if that's in your application before you submit it easy if it happens after you submit it just send us an update just be as thorough and as honest as possible so we can understand all that you probably don't need to include the info about the quadruplets, but <laughs> yeah. if there's a cute photo you know sure send it along right <laughs> but just letting us know, hey, this is the course change that I made. Here's why. And here's what my senior year schedule looks like now. That's all we need to know.
2: Alrighty. Question number three. So my Spanish teacher just got called into jury duty for a trial of a serial bank robber. I know <laughs> that's insane. And now he's completely sequestered and he won't be able to submit my letter of recommendation until after the deadline is my application going to be automatically rejected because it was late okay another
0: question Mm -hmm. we get all the time and really this just boils down to what if some part of my application some piece of material comes in after the deadline yeah it's totally fine. Your application will not be rejected. It's not going to be, you know, re- reviewed differently. Mm-hmm. Um, we will accept letters from teachers and counselors after the application deadline.
1: Right. The deadline applies to your part of the application. So the Common Application, the QuestBridge Application, the co- the Coalition Application, whatever is the piece that you are putting together with things like your activities list and your personal statements and all of that. Um, it is absolutely fine if your counselor, registrar, teacher, whoever is submitting other documents on behalf of your application submits those a little bit late. Obviously, you don't want it to be a month late and you can check your status portal to see what's there and what's not. And by the way, we're going to wait to review your application until we've got everything that we need.
2: Right. Yep. Question number four. Yo, bros, you will not believe this. A freak burst of gamma radiation pulsed through the cosmos and arrived in my bedroom precisely 11.59 p.m., the day of the deadline completely wrecked my laptop at the very instant i was going to submit my application is there any way that i could still submit my application
1: bravo by the way <laughs> first of all that's awesome Jill. Material, Jill. <laughs> i love it <laughs>
0: The simple answer is yes. Uh, every year we encounter some sort of natural disaster or some, you know, big extenuating circumstances that mean that for some reason um, some applications have to come in a little bit late, uh, and and it's okay. We're we're going to accommodate those situations. I would also say maybe don't wait until eleven fifty nine p.m. to submit your application. Yes. Uh, just you know go for it <laughs> next time, Jill. Um, think about you know maybe submitting the day before just in case.
1: Right. So we aren't going to miss the opportunity here to say it is not a wise idea to wait until (laughs) the very last minute. And a lot of applicants do. I don't really understand why, because Mm -hmm. your application is not going to get better (laughs) the longer that you sit on it, right? right? So. Um, in addition to freak gamma ray bursts that might wreck your laptop, um, it is not uncommon that servers associated with a common application or something like that dealing with a huge surge of millions of people trying to submit their application right at one time can sometimes have issues. Like We've seen that mm-hmm. in the past. So regardless of you know, whether or not you can uh, apply after the deadline, yes, we are accommodating of, uh, extenuating circumstances just for your own mental health we highly recommend that you do not wait until the absolute last minute. Um, you know, our, our regular decision deadline is January 2nd. Like, don't spend New Year's Eve, New Year's yeah. Day fussing over your application. Like, get that done. Enjoy a winter break. Get it get it off your desk and, and out of your mind. And enjoy as much of your senior year as you can with those applications out the door.
0: Yep. So then we can spend New Year's Eve and New Year's Day reading yes, your application. That's like <laughs>
1: what we'll be doing.
2: <laughs> Good advice. (laughs) All right. Question number five. So I'm graduating from Douglas High School. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but (laughs) I'm in this crazy thing. It's called dual enrollment, where basically I'm taking courses at Southwestern Community College at the same time that I'm taking courses in high school. Do you need all of my grades? Also, how do I get them to you? Also, does this mean I'm going to need to apply as a transfer student? Mm Mm-hmm. Believe
0: it or not, we have heard of dual enrollment before. Yes, we've been through it. Um, So yeah, we would like to see your grades, both from your high school and the local community college or or wherever you're doing dual enrollment. Um, This does not mean that you need to apply as a transfer student, Mm -hmm. certainly. We actually don't accept transfer credits for college courses taken before you graduate from high school
1: so in most cases a high school if you're doing dual enrollment will list the courses that you've taken at a community college on your regular high school transcript with the name of the class and the grade if you've got that you don't need anything else right. If you don't have that you will want to get an official transcript from that uh from that college and you can just ask them to send it directly um, to us
2: got it question number six So I'm also graduating from Douglas High School, and it uses a 100-point grading system. But my ninth grade year, I lived in a different state, and they used a 4.0 grading system. And then in 11th grade, I spent a whole semester attending school on a boat, and they used a grading system based on, like, colorful fish scales and glass. I know it's weird, but it it worked. Um, How are you going to recalculate my GPA to compare it with my classmates?
1: Good question. We aren't. That's right. We are not. We have not programmed any sort of supercomputer to reweight or unweight GPAs to to put them all together. And this is a good example of why, uh, mm. you know, whether you're you were given grades in fish scales or anything like that, um, we know that there's no single way that you can get everyone's high school performance and put it on some sort of linear scale and, and line everybody up together. So we're going to look at your transcripts, in this case, from every school. Um, as we talked about in an earlier episode, I might ask an admissions officer who reads another part of the, the country if they know a little bit about your first high school, if mm-hmm. it's in another state or something like that. Um, but we aren't going to try to line up your application with other people from your school or, or try to fit it into some box that might not make sense for it.
0: Your, your transcript is never just you know boiled down to a GPA. We look at it, we look at the classes you take, where you took them, and how you did in those classes.
2: That's reassuring. <laughs> so glad. Question number seven. My school operates on a series of nine marking periods. We call them... Not a masters. <laughs> Do I need to submit the mid-year school report? And when should my counselor submit it? Because, you know, there's like nine semesters. Yeah,
0: schools are different everywhere. And they do all sorts of different kinds of things. And it's just fine. Uh, sometime, um, whenever a progress report is available, you can put that and use that as the mid-year report. And it should be submitted whenever it's available.
1: Yeah, the mid-year report is something that I find can produce a unique threat of anxiety in applicants Mm. because it's sort of the one thing that is required but doesn't have a deadline because we know that schools produce it at different times. So just just quickly, um, if you apply to Yale early action, you are not going to be required to submit a mid-year school report before you get an admissions decision in December. If you are admitted or if you are deferred, we are gonna ask for that you know, in January or February when it's available. Mm-hmm. If you already graduated from high school, meaning you already have a final transcript, no, it's not going to make a lot of sense for you to submit a mid-year report. So you shouldn't worry about the fact that you're not going to have a mid-year report there as well. And then similarly, if you're on some sort of weird uh, system that's not a traditional semester, all you need to ensure is that your school sends some sort of progress report, as you said, Hannah, that tells us, are you still enrolled in the classes you said you were enrolled in, and how are you doing in those classes? And you'll just work with your counselor, registrar, whoever it is at your school to get that to us whenever it is available yep, there's a wide range of times um, you're not going to be disadvantaged if it comes you know, at the end of February as opposed to January 2nd
0: yeah and by the way if we read your application and we feel like we should have had a mid-year report by now we'll shoot you an email and we'll yeah. say hey could we see that mid-year report mm-hmm. So wait
2: you'll email me yeah sure why not
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay question number eight This is a very serious question and I'm going to need you guys to really pay attention because there's a lot of elements to this. Okay. I wrote in my application that I'd be playing on the soccer team this spring, but I just got a call from NASA and they want me to board a SpaceX rocket to the International Space Station next week to help them with an astrobotany project that they are working on. By the way, uh, astrobotany is my other hobby. I really did think I was going to be on the soccer team, um, so I wasn't lying on my application. If I'm admitted and you find out that I actually didn't play on the soccer team, will you rescind my admissions offer? First of all,
0: congratulations. That sounds like an amazing opportunity (laughs) and you should go for (laughs) it. what your question really boils down to is that circumstances have changed over the course of your senior year and something is kind of different from what you originally put on your application. And that is totally fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your admissions offer offer would not be rescinded in this case. Um, If you feel like you have a significant update to your application, you're welcome to submit it. Mm -hmm. Uh, through our application update form.
1: Exactly. We make it easy to do for exactly that reason. We know that things change. We know that if you put together your application in November or December, by the time March has come around, things are a little bit different. So, if something big like that has happened, it's exciting, or is just changing what you had on your application, send us an update. That update goes right to your file. We have it immediately available to us in the admissions committee so that we will be as up-to-date as possible.
0: Yeah. Now, if you had put on your application, uh, I was going to, you Know, play goalie for the soccer team, and now I'm a center fielder. Uh, oh. That does not necessarily merit <laughs> an update to your application. So, you know, only if it's really a, a a big change.
2: Thank you. Question number nine. My school was all virtual last year, and I I'll be honest, I'm not really sure if my teachers know me as well as the teachers who taught me in person before the pandemic. It's been a while since those teachers have taught me, though. Uh, is it okay if I ask a teacher from freshman or sophomore year, which one should I pick?
1: yeah so this is the question of the year Mm -hmm. Um, we put this one in here and we you know we didn't dress it up with much because we've been getting this question a lot it is very specific to the sort of moment uh we're in with the with the pandemic and we uh want to answer this question with the sort of most general basic advice which is to sort of zoom out a little bit and remember the purpose of a teacher recommendation it's Mm -hmm. to have someone who knows you pretty well and who likes the contributions you've made to a classroom try to share their first person perspective on uh, your work in the class with them to help us out in the admissions committee. So start with that first. We aren't gonna go uh, in with any presumptions that a teacher who's taught you in a virtual setting couldn't do that. Certainly there are teachers uh, and, and connections that happen virtually that are just as important and illuminating as, as ones in person. Mm-hmm. We also aren't gonna go in with any assumptions that a teacher who hasn't had you in the classroom since sophomore or, or, or freshman year is is somehow going to be a worse or sort of less helpful, uh, recommender for you.
0: Yep, exactly. Do what feels right to you. Whoever you feel knows you best at this point.
1: Yeah. Zoom back out to that simple advice. You want to pick teachers who know you and who like you. So regardless of setting, regardless of time, the teachers who know you best and who like you the most, (laughs) they're going to write the best letters of recommendation for you. I know that this is causing a lot of, uh, of anxiety. Um, take a deep breath and think about those people who are gonna uh, be great advocates for you in the process.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Jill, for uh, your amazing questions. Bravo. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> I think
1: you have a future in you know radio drama. This oh is the start of the new this, career here. If this
0: admissions officer thing doesn't work out, you have something to fall back on for sure.
1: <laughs> so those are all questions that we've answered a few hundred times. And you know, we're probably gonna answer them a few hundred more. That's fine. Um, And remember, we are encouraging you to get your answers directly from us. If you've got questions that weren't on this list, give us a call or send us an email. We'll be happy to give you an answer.
0: Yeah. um, Before you do that, though, you know, keep a few things in mind. Uh, We are not college counselors Mm -hmm. and we can't really provide individualized advice. Your college counselor is really the best person to do that for you. More than fifty thousand people submitted an application to our office last year, uh, so it wouldn't be fair if we gave some of them personalized counseling, but others not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so don't call to ask. You know, would it be better for my application if I do X or Y, or what should I write my essay about? We'll happily give you a polite answer, but it's going to be a pretty general one.
1: Yeah, another caveat here about asking questions is that it's it's not a great use of your time or ours to ask questions that aren't associated with any sort of action item um, you know if you were just curious about something in the process um, it doesn't make sense for you to call us up and just say hey how do you deal with this or you know what in this hypothetical situation would happen if x mm. y or z were to go um, our podcast is actually here to satiate your curiosity about yeah. the process like go just listen uh, to all this stuff you'll you'll get the insights that you want but you Don't call us up just to get sort of one-on-one uh, insights on, on any particular piece of your curiosity about the process.
0: Yeah, send those questions to me and Mark at Yale Admissions Podcast at gmail.com and maybe we'll turn them into an episode. We'll
1: share it with all of our listeners. Yeah, And then finally, it is also helpful to know, you know we're encouraging you to get good answers from us, but um, you should know we don't track any contact with our office or any sort of demonstrated interest. If you call... Uh, we aren't making notes in some system somewhere that says, oh, this student called and they, oh, they had a great question, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or they had some really insightful thing. And, right. and also, similarly, if you call and you start giving us all the circumstances around something, we aren't going to be notating it for your application. Right. You're going to need to give us those details in an application update in writing via the portal. Yes. All right, so for you seniors out there, we know what it feels like to be where you are. And if you feel like you are all alone or that your circumstances are conspiring against you, take a breath. Remember that thousands of people have put together their applications every single year. And remember that admissions officers aren't power-hungry bureaucrats that are trying to make your life difficult. Nope.
0: Yeah, when things get tricky or, you know, you're not sure how to approach something on your application, just be honest and forthcoming. That's Mm -hmm. always a good rule. Um, And remember that the person reviewing your application is another real thinking, feeling person. We have had unfortunate circumstances befall (laughs) us too, and we understand.
1: Yeah, we are not out to get you. We want to give everybody their best opportunity to be considered by the admissions committee in the best possible light. That's our shared goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if you have questions, get your answers from the most reliable source, which we will continue to say is going to be an admissions officer Mm -hmm. like me or Mark or Jill. Um, And we hope we've answered a few of your questions today, even before you may have asked them. So thanks, Jill, for being our high schooler of the day. Yay.
2: I wish I could go back to that time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you also, Jill, uh, for being a great sound engineer and a great admissions officer. Let's say thanks to Reed for lending us his office where we are set up yet again uh, in our studio on beautiful Hill House Avenue. So thanks, Reed. And thanks, of course, to former admissions officer Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. You should all check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com.
0: If you have comments or an idea for an episode, drop us a line at Yale admissions podcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University.
1: Thanks for listening.